fight and we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to fuss no 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 we don't have to fight hello welcome back to just chill with oliver george we are episode 19 now the light is on uh i want to say first of all thank you so much if you've subscribed if you have not subscribed, please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Um, that's on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio-only version of this on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or something, then please come check out the visual version. And finally, if you want to contact the show for any reason, if you want to just give us a cool guest idea or give some feedback on what you think, then the contact info is justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now for my guest, the man of the hour, Mr. Wafik Nezrala. How was hey, it pronounced? Was that terrible? No, 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 that was perfect. Okay, perfect. Oh, I've got it butchered over the years, many, many what's times. The, what's the worst you've heard? Uh, Widget Mendoza in Calgary. <laughs> Widget Mendoza? Yeah, yeah I stood that there. I'm like, drunk. is he calling me? Like <laughs> that guy was drunk. That's too far off. <laughs> or maybe he didn't hear you. Well, he just rolled in, so we didn't actually have a chance to properly uh, introduce each other. So he just ran straight, straight on stage, and then he just called me. Okay, so it was more about yeah. like he didn't really have the chance. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, you're an Ottawa-based comedian, but you've been all over the place. Yeah. And I got to say, first of all, you were actually kind of hard to research. Uh, compared to other people that I've looked up, I try to prep you know, some notes before. And considering how long you've been doing comedy and, and how well you, known you are around here, it was really hard to get like facts on you and shit from what I could find. I'm shocked by that. <laughs> well, my, my, how I back that up is that when I went to your Facebook page, what I found was a link to a MySpace page. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I kind of got a point a little bit here. Um, but MySpace, sidebar, is like a music thing now, apparently? Yes, I think so. so when weird. we first started, it was, uh, or when it first started, I guess, it was supposed to be what Facebook became. Uh, but it, yeah, and, and everybody just sort of abandoned MySpace. Yeah, because Facebook just filled that void all yeah. of a sudden, and it was so much better. I just thought MySpace was so much better for advertising comedy and upcoming shows and mm. stuff, and having clips up. But I mean, Facebook's cool for what it does i guess well you're a bit older than me because i remember myspace as like i was in like high school and yeah. I, I had like a page for my band or some shit like that but yeah. I, I wasn't trying to promote stuff in a big way but uh yeah it, it's just weird to see that it still exists i didn't <laughs> even know honest. it still did to be honest <laughs> yeah man i couldn't even remember my sign in <laughs> um i was gonna say you describe yourself in one bio that i found as the funniest one-eyed Egyptian Canadian working on the planet, which I just yeah. thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, I, I'm gonna guess there's not too many of those. No, no. <laughs> um, but that that made me feel a little more comfortable asking you about your eye. Um, what what's the story behind that? If you're comfortable talking about that, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, it happened when I was like 11 years old, so I lost it in an accident. I do talk about it on stage in my. I figured my as much. Yeah, I've heard some of that before, so I didn't think you would yeah. you would mind. Um, it just it, the title stuck like somebody just called me that one day and then it just a lot of people sort of took to it and i really don't what the one-eyed comedian you yeah mean? hey i mean it's it's like you might as well lean into it right exactly like, yeah. yeah so uh it was an accident though because i was wondering maybe if you were just born that way or uh, no 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 it was uh a fight with a friend <laughs> oh shit that's hardcore damn man well hey uh, doesn't affect your, your comedic talent any, that's Actually, for sure. Actually, no, it gave me some time on stage and made, gave me like a, something unique. Yeah, it's, it stands out for yeah. sure. Um, your, your career has been really huge from what I've seen, but you're definitely a Yuck Yuck season veteran. And I was reading that you used to actually have like a contract with Yuck Yucks or did you, yeah. you were one of the signed Yucks yeah. guys, right? Yeah. And then you decided ago. to go freelance at some point. 
Yeah, I had uh, some issues with the Toronto head office. Uh, Howie, who runs the Ottawa club, is friend. Great guy. You know, like a, a father or a figure, an, an uncle kind of thing. So I never had any resentment towards him. I actually thank him all the time for everything he's done for me and given me the, the stage to perform on. Howie, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Howie's great. Yeah. yeah. And so what happened was I left Yucks and it was got really kind of ugly. Uh, to a point where Howie was upset with me for the first little while. And then basically it finally came out that, you know, it was just the head office. I don't want to work for Yuck Yucks, but I still want to work for him. Mm. So when you're working for Yuck Yucks in that capacity, like what does that entail? You, but then you can go coast to coast and you get all these... Uh, but you're restricted from performing in, in the, the smaller rooms, right? I think I, I talked to Kyle about this. He at the time, yes, but it's changed now. Uh, back when I first left, that was what I wanted. I wanted to perform more outside of Yuck Yucks because they weren't giving me enough work. So, And they said, well, it's, it's you're either with us or against us. So I said, well, fuck you. That seems strange because, I mean, going to the, the little side rooms is where you want to try out your yeah. new stuff. You don't want to try out your new stuff at the audience at Yuck Yucks where you're expected to be you know, at your greatest if you're holding that kind of a position. Exactly. It seems kind of, yeah, counterproductive. And that was the way how he was at the beginning. But now he's much more... Yeah, use those rooms to, to work out, you know, and then bring that stuff to my club. And that's the way it should have been. And it's funny because Absolute Comedy, when they first opened in Ottawa many years ago, they were supposed to be the club that you were you could do and then go anywhere you wanted. Yeah, but he was giving people shit more than anyone, Exactly. Right? And they now, did that. What it's, was that? They switched roles. Wasn't man. there a Howie waffle? Jason... There was a waffle place where they were doing comedy, and everybody who did comedy there, he just banned them and put them on a list or something. <laughs> or, or maybe not banned, but it was like a temporary suspension for performing at Absolute. Or... But did you see how close it was? It was like about four doors down. So, I mean, I kind that's of fair. understand. That's fair. That's fair, yeah. yeah. That's a little too close to home territory. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think we should all just embrace anyone doing comedy anywhere it's all part of a, a larger community that's it's for the best i think people getting to just well, that's exercise exactly it. And yeah. i mean the only way to get better is stage time you got to get on stage and if you're limited to one room especially in a town like ottawa back in the day when it was the only room mm -hmm. what are you gonna do i think they believe that that was like forging diamonds and i'm sure in some cases it did but yeah it seems like with the analogy of training for your comedy yeah. that you're not just gonna go like train at the Olympics, you're going to go train at your local gym where That's no right. one's watching or yeah. maybe two people are watching and, you know, and grind really hard and then present that. So, yeah, I'm glad that that seems to be evolving and changing. Yeah. Well, uh, especially because if you can make two, two people laugh, then imagine what you could do to a room full of people, you know? Exactly. That's a really good point. Um, you won the contest recently or was that a year or so ago now? Uh, the one, Yucks? I thought you won one of the Yucks contests. I, the, the first one I ever won was about a year and a half in uh, The Search for Canada's Funniest New Comic. I uh, I was only about a year and a half in. I started... Yeah, when did you start? You've been doing this for a long time, right? Yeah, it's about 20... It'll be 26 years in June. I saw your headshot the other day. Yeah. Like 24 years ago. That's yeah, yeah. impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looked like somewhere between... Uh, <laughs> what do they say? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a good pick. Yeah, but it's an old one. So, yeah. But uh, so so what have you seen then evolve the most in the comedy scene, especially the Canadian and the Ottawa comedy scene in that period that you've been doing comedy? I mean, obviously oh, diversity has grown, but is there anything else that maybe goes overlooked that's changed? There's a lot, man. I mean, like the fact that Ottawa only had yuck yucks. So, I mean, sometimes that only meant one or two spots a month, you know, so you had to get good fast so you could get weekends to get more spots. 
Then and that you, must have been brutal if you if you had a bad set because you'd have so long you'd have to wait before you could try again and get exactly, up to bat. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing about it was back in the day when Yuck Yucks was uh, the only room. Uh, if you did a full weekend, notoriously the Saturday late show, which is the last show you end your weekend on. Sometimes there'd only be 10 people in the crowd and you'd have these wicked sets. Then you come down to the Sunday show and, or the Saturday late show and it would kill you. And you'd have oh, that weird. taste in your mouth for like weeks. Damn. Yeah, I guess you got to just focus on the positive yeah. moments in that. But yeah. Wow. So what else has changed? What else have you noticed uh, just in the landscape over the, I mean, that's like. Well, in Ottawa, years, there's way more rooms. Uh, there's a lot of mics, some good ones, some bad ones, and, you know, some great rooms to work out new stuff and some rooms that you just want to go up and and do your best of uh it's nice that there's so many rooms now uh out touring the big the big thing like back in the day man like before the internet you could go on road and when you went to a small town it was a small town they were cut off from the rest of the world you know yeah yeah so like if you tried to do any pop culture references sometimes they didn't get it Oh shit! You know they might get it a couple of months later. It's like that joke. But if you that, do a joke about like their local community center, they're yeah, like howling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it's like that joke about like how "Achy Breaky Heart" was the number one single of the week you're there, but it was ten years ago in Ottawa. You know? What oh, I mean? okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, they're like just kind of time delayed. For yeah, pop exactly. Culture. Yeah, I've so, heard that's the way it is in in a lot of other countries too. I think so, but I think the internet's making it a little better now mm-hmm. because people are sort of that's true a yeah. little, cl- if not on the same page, a little closer at least. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, well, another thing I I was really impressed by was that, and I w- kind of want to know when this was happening during your career, but you toured UK and you did you killed it over there. Yeah. Um, so was that like when you were starting out or? Oh, uh, that was about maybe ten years ago now. Uh, a guy from the UK was here in. Uh, in Canada and he saw my comedy now uh, when it was airing on the comedy network and he had an, an aversion to Arab comedians because apparently they're terrible in the UK. Oh, okay. And so he not only, a racist thing. Just no, like no, a, yeah, exactly. It was just unfunny. Okay. It, it sort of became a, more of a stereotypical thing. Yeah. Uh, so he, like he was the way he said it was, he was on the couch and the comedy now special came out and he says, Oh, another Arab that thinks he's funny. And then he was, he even said he was getting his stuff, like his glasses and his drink, and he was going to leave the room. And he heard a couple of minutes and he actually said, well, I'll watch him to the commercial. And he said by the commercial, he said he wanted to watch the whole set and I made him laugh. Yeah. So he contacted me through Facebook and said, I want to bring you to England. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Fuck off. You know, no, it sounds like a ruse or something. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? And then uh, he said that he was just starting out to book comedians and he was going to use me as the, the, the guy like he was going to oh, bring like me to England and, yeah. yeah okay cool be the the actual funny Arab in England and he was like offering to fly you out there and everything yeah he oh, flew damn. me out and everything and I, I ended up I, I stayed with him and the way it was supposed to go it was only supposed to be two weeks I was only I, I do uh, there were two competitions actually there was one competition he had me in and um, like a, a satellite room that they just did you know like shows the, I did the competition. We went to uh, the Frog and Bucket in Manchester. We watched the show. That's cool, the name of the cool comedy name. club. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool <laughs> it's name. It's a very cool name. It's a nice room, too. Um, I watched the show, and I was just impressed at like the level of talent, but that was a professional level. Okay. So it was really, really fun, and it was cool to see the room. And the way they did it was like 20, uh, you do three 20-minute sets, then there's an interval, intermission. Okay, that's And then nice. three 20-minute sets again, 
and that's the show. There's no table service, and then and you can't smoke inside. So that's the intermission is when they they go out and have a cigarette and get a couple more drinks and sit back. I was gonna down. say everybody comes back kind of loaded in the second half. Yeah, but it works. I always in hated England. intermissions, but it works in England, and they're conditioned to know, you know, the show is right. Well, they can hold their liquor probably ex- better. That too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh um, man, that's awesome. Yeah. So then I did the sh- the the competition in uh, Nottingham. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's like, um, isn't that where like Sherwood Forest? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Hood connection. Nice. Yeah. And I won my first time ever on stage in, in the UK and I was elated. Like I won. I got, I think 50 pounds UK. That's what I got paid. I was really happy. Not bad. That's about yeah. like uh, 80 yeah. bucks or something. Some, well, Canadian. maybe about a hundred back, yeah. yeah. back then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right on. And then, um, I did the, uh, the comedy balloon. That was a satellite room. And now here's the thing, and this is one thing that people told me before I even left for England, and I kept this in mind every time I went on stage, you never know who's in the crowd in England. And there are lots of other places for that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like but New I mean, York's it, probably the same. or Yeah, definitely. But in England, it was, it was weird because this room had, like, these two guys that went to see the show came to see me. They saw my name on the list. Hmm. They never saw me before. They'd been to that room many times. So they came specifically to see who this guy is. Hmm. So they, they said hello to everybody. I didn't talk to them till after my set. And I'll be honest, I, I don't brag, but I mean, I fucking destroyed that you set. It. Yeah. Nice. I was excited. I was doing anything that I could think of that didn't, that could cross over from Canada to England. Anything I'd written. Relatable, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I had a really great set. They sat me down, and then next thing I know, my two weeks there ended up being nine. Wow. Just yeah. because of, like, popular demand almost? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got an interview on BBC so guys were like Radio. Like, like, everything. Yeah. Oh, cool. They booked their own shows. It was two guys that booked their own shows, and they basically said, well, I need them on this and this and this, and I need them on this and this. And then next thing I know, my calendar filled up. In nine weeks, I did over... Over fifty-five shows. And did he just keep paying for like your hotel or whatever? Or? No, I stayed with the uh, with. Or you stayed with the, Everything okay. was a drive. Liverpool was not far from Manchester. Like everything was nice, a drive. Nice. All accessible pretty easily. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, well, damn, man, that's super impressive to have your, your stay extended that long. And you said you went on BBC for an interview. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just because they were like commending how awesome you were doing, I guess. Yeah. They, they. I. I went in. I said I wanted to take England by storm, and I did. I. I was happy that I stayed true to my word, but. That's what I wanted to do, and that's what I did. And I was really, uh, I think, because I was excited. I'd gotten flat and stale here in Canada. Like I said back then, I was working for Yuck Yucks. I wasn't in a very happy place. So when you when I went there, I was doing comedy to do comedy again. It's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. yeah. And, and just to have fun again and to write and to be around other people. Doing who, it for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, well, uh, one thing I was going to ask you in relation to performing in the UK, I don't, I'm assuming you've done some shows in the US too. No, actually, oh, that's no? never, Hey, they, you, <laughs> it's a little harder. Like I, I actually got kicked out of England and I, I could have gotten a five-year travel ban, but what, like, cause you didn't have a work visa or I something? I didn't have a work visa. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be there that clocking long. Those pounds. I just sort of, <laughs> I just sort of jumped on the wave that, that I created and didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah. Like there's no way you could have really expected that was going to yeah. unfold that way. But then I did a show in, um, I can't even remember the name of the town, but I did a show and the uh, the city of the town was the one hosting the show. So the city 
cut me a check. Oh, wow. And, they and that's how to, they caught on to you? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And they called us. They, they called Mark Pollard uh, two days later. And they said, look, we're not going to kick him out, but he has to go. Yeah. Tell him to get his work papers and he can come back anytime. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like aggressive, like no, giving exactly. you the it was, it was like they wanted you to leave exactly. on your own terms, kind of, or on their terms, mm. but, you know, respectfully or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then, US aside, what's, what's the difference between performing to Canadian crowds and UK crowds? Other than obviously having to, like, make your material, material relatable, but the crowd energies was there a difference in that? Yeah. There's in definitely what kind an energy. Of comedy? The, the intermission doesn't affect them at all. They're, they're still. You know, they, they're at a high level the minute the, sh- the show starts. They're very comedy savvy. They know what's funny. And they, t- they, I did a show in uh, Poulton and they stared at me. And I said, what's going on? And they said, you're not talking about you. You're doing jokes. We want to hear about you. I started talking about my travels and the things I had gone through. And that's what made me realize like how, like, just sophisticated they are. They 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 can see through bullshit, and they did. You're talking about the Polish or the Brits? The, no, the, the 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 Brits. Okay, so yeah, Poulton. the British they always say have such a dry sense of humor. That's mainly why I was asking, uh, yeah. inquiring originally. Did you find like some of your material that normally kills here like bombed over there and vice versa? No, the the stuff that that gets an okay re- reaction killed there. Oh, okay, and they they respect things. I do that. I do. I don't know if you ever heard my uh, my sand nigger bit. Uh, uh, I was going to bring up another one of your bits, but I don't think it's the same one. But, but please no, continue. It, yeah. yeah, like I I, I'm do, sure I've heard it. I've seen you many yeah, times. Yeah, I've I've done it here, and I I understand the context and and the words and everything involved in it are harsh, but it's gallows humor, and they see that. And when I did it there, it was unbelievable the way they reacted to it. It was they were impressed and blown away, and and can you they, summarize the joke on here so you? Well, Give just people the, some context or no? Sure. Uh, well, I'm sure it's on the internet, but... Um, it's oh, yeah, basic- I, can, I can link it then if I find it later. Yeah, but, yeah. It, basically it's about going to the zoo with my daughter and my ex-wife and uh, walking by a group of people who called me a sand nigger and I go off on how the N-word is the harshest word. And But if you're using it on other people, then it's going to lose that power. What makes it so powerful is the fact that it's specific. And then I go and say, you know, and that's what we should do. Take the power away from it and make everybody a nigger. And, you know. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. Yeah. Make it like less taboo. And exactly. It will lose and its then, power and efficiency. Yeah. yeah. But that's what we could do with all racial slurs, basically. Well, that's why I was going to bring up the bit I did want to mention to you that I've always laughed really hard at. A bit I could never do. But <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, another thing I want to talk about, I feel like if you're white, racial humor is way harder to even like approach you can do it there's some guys who yes. do it and and you have to but it's like you got to wear extra gloves whereas if you're uh ethnic uh, you know persuasion or whatever yeah you get a little more of a there's a w- wiggle room a card there yeah, yeah. yeah um but i was gonna you had a thing about racist sports teams names yes that 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 is just brilliant skip <laughs> but um i don't, I don't want to just go through all your jokes but it's, it's just so smart that joke oh, i always liked it I, I always thought it was uh it was funny that people are the way they are when it comes to racial tensions. And it's always, it's always white privilege that I like, that's the new bit that I'm doing now where I'm talking about how white people are the ones that are the most sensitive about everything, you know, like the Redskins is a racial slur. And and I know that, uh, that uh, native people really don't like it, but I mean, until white people are upset about it, it's not going to get changed. Yeah. 
basically the people in power or whatever yeah. making those decisions yeah there's a lot of racist team names too like the <laughs> cleveland indians is terrible oh, of course straight up red skin and yeah. they're still calling him an indian <laughs> yes. which hasn't been an acceptable term for like like how the fuck is that even still there as <laughs> exactly a team? um but then your joke was to go on saying that we should turn all the the team names into racist names yes make, exactly. make it even yeah. sort of yeah so. I just laugh so hard when you say like uh, Kansas City kikes and like and it's because you're I think the reason that joke works so well is because you're saying all these words that we're not supposed to say but you're doing it in such a way that like it feels almost innocent because you're making a valid point you know about well it, where do you draw the line and it's actually funny I, I did a show with Chuck Byrne and uh, he actually said after my set when he went back on stage he was emceeing and he said that um, I get away with saying a lot of things because I have a nice voice. You know, and well, then, and you're a pleasant person. Yeah, you know, you have a, you're always smiling. And yeah, you're just I a nice guy. You know? it, it's racial slurs are like the way the way it is is it's it's either a tool or a weapon. I try to use it more as a tool, whereas the racist people are using it more as a weapon. Exactly. Yeah, you're taking the power back. In yeah. A way. Yeah. But do you ever like? Do you get scared when you uh, approach material that's you know touchy stuff like that? Only for certain things. Um, because there's like there's rape, there's abortion, there's race, there's gender yeah. stuff. There's there's so many that are kind of like you got to be careful, you know. The gender thing, I seem to to have the most people pull back on me whenever I do that because I'm looking at it from the point of view is like if you were to do this in any other country other than North like Canada or the U.S., maybe parts of Europe, nobody would understand it. If you have a penis, you're a boy. If you're if you commit and you have the penis removed, then you're transsexual. Until you do something about it, You think you're just a cross-dresser It's not at that convoluted. Point? Why are you making it convoluted? Yeah. Well, and there's also the people who have pronouns of, like, they. Yeah. And it's like, how are you plural? Like, uh, how are, <laughs> like please, how are you going to justify this? Yeah. I, I don't understand how that can make any sense. But, yeah. But I also try not to be, like, a dick. I don't want to offend no, of course. I hate offending people. Of like, course. I, but if somebody says... I prefer you call me this, then I will, for sure. Within but, reason. If someone yeah. says, I, you know, I prefer you call me Captain Fantastic or something, <laughs> I, I might yeah. be like, no, no, like we have to draw the line somewhere. But um, yeah, so I don't know, like, because for me, I don't really like to approach a lot of stuff like that with, with my material. Not that I perform nearly as much as you, but um, maybe it's because I'm white. So some of it, the race stuff and, and I'm straight. So the gender stuff. But um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just a, a big baby. I'm too afraid for the backlash, well, I guess. Uh, I I'm, I get I get looked at a lot, and there's been shows where my newer stuff gets uh, people get upset with me, and and I understand it's not for everybody, but it's what I want to talk about, and it's the stuff that makes me proud of what I'm writing. Well, and it's meant in jest. That's yeah. what a fucking comedy club is. That yeah. A lot of people don't seem to realize when they come there. And it, well, and that's exactly it. Like, I've made the mistake of doing some of those jokes, like in small towns and. Where it's their turf. Like, you come to Yuck Yucks, you come to Absolute Comedy, that's my stage, that's mm -hmm. my turf. Yeah. I can, if you if you get upset with something I say, go fuck yourself. Yeah. But if I go to your town and I say something offensive, I'll apologize. Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, but if you go to their town, half the time they expect you to, like, cater all your material. And like we were saying earlier, talk about stuff like, if you're in Cornwall, you gotta make Cornwall jokes or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, I find that seems like, not that I've really had to deal with that in a big way, but I find that kind of... I, I don't usually try to write anything specific for a town, you know, like I go to Cornwall probably, you know, every two times, every two months sort of thing. Like oh, yeah? I'm, I'm pretty yeah, regular. It's not that far. It's like 45 minutes or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. And they get a bad rap. That's like known as being Ottawa's like crazy <laughs> little town or whatever it is. Yeah. I was here, you know, just jokes about 
whatever it may be, but it's always not the not flattering. Yeah. No, it's it is. It's like and a they're Vanier the nicest people in the world, man. I have I have a lot of fun with them, but I don't write anything specific about Cornwall. Yeah, but a lot of people I've I've seen do that where they go to a place and they kind of yeah. adapt their material to the audience and. Yeah. I guess it depends. Some people want to stay tried, tested, and true to their stuff, and other people are just more malleable with their material. Yeah. Uh, and not to say that's a strength or, or a disadvantage. It depends yeah. on the person, really, you know? Yeah. Um, well, uh, you mentioned that you did a Comedy Now special, which is something that I thought I had read online, but I wasn't sure because I went on IMDb and I was trying to find like which season you were in or whatever. I can't remember the season. There's but like yeah. 15 up there at least, so yeah. maybe I just missed it. But um, I think a lot of people, hopefully a lot of people who watch this show are, are local comics and stuff because I have you know guys like you on and i think a lot of them including myself would appreciate like what is that experience like when you're filming a, a special i know it's kind of maybe on on the way out the ctv specials it's, and stuff but uh, well i'm hoping that they start another one i mean uh, a long time ago they used to do comics on cbc it was a half hour and you do stand up and there'd be sketches and then do more stand up and then uh, that that ended and then a couple of years later comedy now started and that was straight stand up and that was great I mean, it was... A lot of people got their start on there, too. Well, yeah, Russell exactly. Peter. They got their name across the country, and uh, a lot of... Yeah, well, Russell Peters... He's the, probably it, the most well-known person to come out of there. His career blew up because of it, for sure. But when I was looking through the IMDb... Uh, sorry, IMDb listing, uh, all I saw was names that I recognized from yeah. Canadian content, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I was... Yeah, I was like, I, I wish I could find a place to stream these, honestly, because there's probably a lot of great episodes. Yeah, yeah. There's some, uh, there's some classics, for sure. And there's some guys that, you know... They got their name from it for sure. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think of some of the ones I saw. I saw a couple guys from Mr. D. I know Jerry D yeah. was on there and uh, Mark Little and uh, just just so many. You go through and you're, it's very impressive. Um, but what was that like? Like, what's it like filming a special? Oh, man, you, you're treated like a king. Like they, they, they you go in for wardrobe. They check you out. They put makeup on you like things I've never had kind done of pampered, before a show. Yeah. yeah. They had a, a nice spread of food before the and they give you presents and they and you get your own dressing room. It's some nothing that I've ever experienced, you know. And I think a lot of the festivals are like this as well, but I don't go to a lot of festivals. I don't well, know. having your own dressing room, that's pretty baller. Yeah. Like, I I had makeup done a couple of times. I've done some bit acting here and there, but you know, I was it was always a collaborative thing. This is like the focus is on you. It's exactly. your that's insane, man. But they record typically two one hour specials in the, and then there's a, then there's a, they clear out the hall and then they do it again. Uh, the night I did it because I was the last to, to be recorded, which is uh, Millen Curry Sharples. He's the the producer at the time. He specifically wanted me to be the last one of the season. Mm, nice. Um, That's but the probably night, a good sign. It is. Yeah. It, it was. But the problem was, so Mike Beatty actually did the first special, and they had to reshoot Terry McGurn doing. Uh, his impression, basically a stand-up set as George W. Bush. Oh, okay. So they had to re-record it because there were audio problems the night he recorded it. So basically, I had to follow an hour of Mike Beatty and then an hour and a half because they had to reshoot parts of Terry McGurn's again. Oh, geez. So by the time I went on stage, it was about three hours these guys were stuck in that room. What, just watching stand And they, they wow. didn't get any water. They didn't eat. They, they were just... Like held hostage. What, do you think it had an effect on on like your laugh track or whatever you want to call it? Not laugh track, but you know what I mean. I, the, the audience actually, reaction. Or uh, Millen told me they didn't they didn't have to adjust the the laugh track at all. Oh, they like, do that for some I people? got genuine laughs. I said to myself before I went on stage, I just want to connect with the audience, and that was the first time I felt like I could do whatever I wanted, and it was such a great set. 
Wow, man. Yeah, it I want to see that. Is it on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it was. It like, and the laugh that you, you hear are is the actual audience. They well, I, I was gonna ask you, is that something they up. actually do, or they yeah. uh, they pepper they in? They I do. didn't know that at all. Yeah. And do they let you do more than one recording of your thing so they can edit two together? I no, know. I no, wish. I, a lot but, of comics yeah. do that. It's really smart. Well, Bill Burr did with his last special, I know for sure, because he talked about continuity in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, Bo Burnham has a hilarious joke in one of his specials, too, where he says, uh, he's like, you know what I hate about editors? And then it just cuts to something <laughs> else. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, yeah, that, that's got to be a trip. Yeah, just having your own show. And like an hour's material, though, that's, that's a lot. That thought yeah. intimidates me. Yeah. But I guess you got to do years and years of it before you feel comfortable well, doing that. I mean, some people can write a year, an hour in a, in a year. Some people do it like in How much years. of that is riffing, do you think, though? Sometimes when I see someone that does an hour, I'm like, okay, but they're just one of those people that's good at, at having loosely strung material, but also improving a lot and having the gaps filled with their kind of, you know, uh, on the spot ad-libbing shit, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Or interaction with the audience or whatever it may be. Well, I... I there's been a couple of shows when I only had about half an hour and I was, I was expected to do 45 and it, it was filled by talking to the audience for sure. Um, you get a hour, feeling of dread when you when they tell yes. you like, hey, you got an extra 15 minutes. You're yeah. like, I don't got an extra 15. Yeah. Like that's a nightmare scenario. for Yeah, me. I, I was it was actually I was working with a, a guy named uh, Scott Harris and he was a headliner. And I said, if I can't cover the time, can you cover a little bit more? And he says, well, how much time you got? And I said about I got about 35. And he says, and you got to do 40, 45. I said, yeah. I said, you're going to do it, man. Because it was in Saskatoon and the crowd is just really, really friendly. They're really, really awesome. And I actually went overtime because there were so many birthdays and we were having so much fun oh, talking. Nice. Wow, yeah. that must have been a confidence builder Yeah, then. it really was. Yeah. Yeah, man. yeah, because I mean, I feel like maybe I'm getting better because I'm getting to the point where... Uh, I'm starting to notice that I'll have like a spot somewhere and I, and I'm like, this isn't enough time. And yeah. I, so it's the kind of the opposite of what I used to have where I was like, Oh, I don't know if I have eight minutes now. I'm like, Oh man, I only got seven minutes. Yeah, or something. Exactly. So I feel like that's gotta be a positive sign and I'm going in the right direction. Um, shit, man. Uh, Oh, so you were talking about recording issues, which leads me to one other thing I wanted to talk about, which I knew you did an album recording at Yuck Yugs. Yeah. Not this past summer, but the summer before, I believe the eight, 2018. Uh, well, 2018 and 2019, we recorded okay, it so twice. Okay, so this is the issue. Yeah, yeah, there was something. So I just wanted to hear the we story. Lost, but... We lost the first recording. That's my fault completely. I smoked a lot of weed back then. I figured um, there was a good story behind yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> and now we got the second recording, and I just, I've listened to it so much that it's not funny. You need like a fresh set of ears to listen and give you a something. I, I just, hey man, I'll I, check it out anytime if you want. I cannot, feedback. I can't do the final edit because I'm just sitting there. I fucking hate this. I hate my voice. I hate these jokes. So I can't, like, it's just sitting there in hiatus right now. Dude, uh, if you, like, I would check it out if you'd let me. Oh, absolutely. I don't have editing software. I'm not that great. Oh, no, no. That, that, try, if man. I could cut it in the tracks and just get the fucking thing out. It's just audio? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, man. I would love to hear that. Fucking hey. I, I would be honored to check that out before anybody else. Um, shit, man. Well, like, I went over uh, most of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to bring up, but I have one final question I always ask everybody, but... Uh, Otherwise, if you want to plug anything or if you uh, just had anything you wanted to chat about. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, the Ottawa scene's grown. It's nice to see it the way it is. I think there's a lot of uh, potential stars coming out of this uh, this city in the next couple of years. And That's, it's good to see. Honestly, like, the part of the reason that I love doing this show, not, not to hitch on to people's fame, but I, I'm really confident that I've picked a lot of great people to be guests on this show and that looking back in like 10 years, yeah. people are going to be like, oh, fuck. So-and-so yeah. was on that show. So like, yeah. 
Man, we've got some episodes that haven't even come out. They will have come out by the time this episode airs, but we just did Steve Love and Christina Muehlberger was just here. Oh, Christina's going to be something, man. Oh, she's she, hilarious. She's, she's always great. She's, a, she's brilliant. Go check out that episode because it's already live. <laughs> it came out a couple weeks ago at this point if you're seeing this. Um, she doesn't want to do what? Oh, yeah. That's one thing we learned about Christina is that she uh, she likes keeping it like a hobby and she has no like big aspirations to, which is sad almost because she's so yeah, good. Yeah. But hey, man, I got a deep respect for that, too. Me, too. Me, too. Kind of how I roll, too. Like I, I do comedy, but like you were talking about, I like to keep it fun, like well, where I'm doing it. Yeah. I want to make people laugh and not for some ulterior motive. Well, see, that's a, that's actually something for me, too. Like I wanted to be a star out of this, but now I'm just happy writing. Touching people along yeah, the way. Yeah. 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 And just... Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll just, and now that I've recorded an album, hopefully I get that out soon. I think I have enough material or very close to enough material for a new album. Nice. So that's all I want to do. Just albums. Sweet. And if people dig me and they're willing to put me up in a theater, then I'll go out and do it. You know, I got a lot of people that, that call me up and say, can you do a show in Cornwall? I'm there, you know? Yeah. I, I'm doing it on my own terms and I'm having fun with it. No, I again. see your dates. You're always out there. Yeah. And you're, you're not just Ottawa. You get around. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at, uh, I'm at Yuck Yucks Ottawa more than the staff. I mean, yeah. I, I'm addicted to this. The and staff, I love it. many of which who have been on this show. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say um, something that we've loosely been talking about is trying to do like some sort of a rap party for this, uh, for the first season of this show, which will be like late August, early September, and maybe doing it as like a show at Yuck Yucks where many of the guests that were on the first season perform and we just you make a, a party out of it. So I'm going to try and get that going. But Yeah, there, there's always, well, every, every now and then there's a Sunday in the month that Howie doesn't have anything booked. You could do it. Perfect. That's what I needed to know. Nice. I'm getting the intel now. All right. Well, Howie, you you heard it here. Let's (laughs) set it up. Um, All right. So the the question we always ask people at the end here is if you were to be endowed with one superhuman ability right now, what would it be and why? Not a character like Spider-Man or some shit, but just a power and flying is not allowed because we, we ruled that out a long time ago. I think I'd love to be invisible. Oh, man. That's six times we've gotten invisible. Uh, I just, I, I'd like to go sit in on Bilderberg meetings. I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to sit in the White House and find out what's really going yeah, on. Yeah, man, get the real scoop. You know, exactly, yeah. Like, I mean, everybody's shitting on Trump, but if you can't understand that he's just a, a, a really stupid distraction from what the evil people behind him, you know. I was going to say, are you a big conspiracy guy? I am. Where do you draw the line? Because some people go off the cliff with that shit. I don't think I go off the cliff. I think there's a lot or of things. Or they fall off the flat earth, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go that far. But I, I, I definitely think that there's there's a, you know, uh, an evil group of people that do evil things to this planet. Oh, yeah. And I just Illuminati like Illuminati style. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and I would like to just sit and know for sure that I was right or, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, that's one of the things I think about when one day, when you, when you pass on to the next realm, I hope you just get all the instant knowledge of all the <laughs> shit you've ever wondered about and all the secrets. Yeah. And you shot JFK and fucking everything yeah, yeah, exactly. floods into your brain. But, but I think invisibility stayed with me when I, since I was a kid. Like, when I was a kid, of course, it was just to go and, you know, see naked girls in, in the change room. But now <laughs> I... steal shit. <laughs> yeah. Steal some beer or but whatever. But now, yeah. yeah, I just, I'd like to sit in on stuff and just go, oh, so that's how you're going to say it, you know? So you just want to spy. Yeah. You want yeah. to be a spy, basically. Yeah. But hey, that's cool. That's uh, pretty much the similar reason we've always heard from everybody. I, I am kind of really starting to think that it's interesting now that we've had that answer so many times in visibility. Yeah. <laughs> Very, varied reasons, but all kind of the same. It's just weird. Maybe it's a comic thing. Maybe it's a stand-up comics. I think so. I think we're, we're just a little more aware of things, especially politically, because we have to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to keep abreast of that stuff yeah. for sure. 
and you get bored. That's what happened with me. I got bored and I just wanted to delve deeper into, and then I got into secret societies and that's when I got into the Bilderbergs. And then, yep. you know, and, hearing uh, other comedians talk about it. There's a bunch it. of families like that, right? Like the Rockefeller yeah, and all these exactly. other ones. Yeah, exactly. I, I read something about um, J.P. Morgan being like a horrible piece of shit. Oh, yeah, he was. He apparently, like ruined yes. America, basically. Yeah. And, and all that shit about the um, the Federal Reserve, which, yeah. which isn't actually even like federally run at all. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like just crazy shit, man, when you start and looking that's a, into that's it. that's a Rothschild thing. And he, he owns... <laughs> Pretty much all the banks in the world. So that guy is probably the richest Crazy. man on the planet. And you got to understand when you get to that kind of wealth, there's a level of insanity that comes with it. You're not uh, living on the normal human spectrum anymore. Yeah, you know no. what I mean? Like your your day-to-day life is just so... Yeah, you wake up and say, I want to hunt a human. Okay. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch maybe, <laughs> but but no, I, I get the point. You're making the larger point. Yeah, like I've, I've wondered that too. If you get to a certain level of success and fame and money... Do you just like lose your humanity to I a think degree? So. Yeah. Yeah. I want a condor egg and I want to hunt somebody. <laughs> condor egg. That's so specific. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, shit, man. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Hey, no Thanks problem. Thanks for coming. Come back fun. anytime and hopefully. Hey, have me back anytime and yeah. I'll be here. <laughs> Fucking hey, We always high five at the end. Sorry, man. Bad show. No, do it again. Elbows, elbows. <laughs> this way. Oh, shit. There, there we go. go. Right. It was still pretty weak, all but right. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard across the table. All right. See you later, everybody. Thank you.